All right. What's up, everyone? I'm Amanda. And I'm Zach, and this is the A to Z Exchange. A weekly podcast where we discuss creative and cultural topics. That's right. Cool. And this week we have our friend Troy, Miss Glevitz on. He's an actor, playwright, I don't know, graphic designer, yeah. director. I think that's accurate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, more of a graphic designer, illustrator, actor than a playwright. I mean, I, I do some writing and some directing, but... Those three are kind of the main. Cool. Yeah. Main things. Cool. And just like us, Troy also graduated from Nosy College of Art, which happens oh. to once again, as always, be our sponsor for this week. So a huge shout out to them for allowing us to film on their campus in Nashville, Tennessee. Yep. Week by week. If you're interested in any graphic design, illustration, photography, videography, coding, or web development, yeah. check them out at nosy.edu. Yep. And they also have a master's degree starting in... The spring so yeah for instructional design yeah so cool so let's move on to the important stuff how are you doing today troy <laughs> doing well yeah it's uh, been a good morning my uh my wife took the girls to <clears throat> ballet this morning Aww. or my my four-year-old she she uh, she's learning to do ballet and tap oh, just started okay. tap this uh this year or the yeah this season she first started doing ballet last year, and uh, now she's moving up to tap dancing. Yeah, that's Basics. interesting. Yeah. Tap dancing's fun. I did that for a while when I was really? a kid. Really? Mm -hmm. How how much do those shoes cost? I'm, I have zero knowledge <laughs> of tap dancing. I, don't I think they're about forty dollars or so. Oh, really? Yeah, they're not too much. Oh, I imagine they'd be more like expensive, and you know. Right. <clears throat> well, they can probably. I'm sure they range. You know, yeah. these are about this big. <laughs> and they're, they're not top of the line. They don't have I feel much like raw materials. ballet shoes are probably more than tap shoes. Yeah, for the toe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I actually I didn't purchase them myself. My wife did, so I don't know the exact. <laughs> you don't know the market. But that's about where it's at, yeah. Cool. So speaking of your wife, you and her are working on a play together. It's mm -hmm. um, coming out in December, and, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, I think, right? Yeah. Mostly today. So what what's the play? I know it's a Christmas play. I know. That's what I know. It's a Christmas play. It's called The Christmas Movie, and it's, it's about three different classic Christmas movies. Um, what's the most... Famous one, the one. It's with a Scrooge. Wonderful Life. Oh, <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life. That's one of them. Uh, <laughs> Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. And, and yeah. uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, so not a. It doesn't have a Christmas story. Uh, well, it it ties in the uh, story of Christ and the right. the, the nativity, um, but not a Christmas story. The movie. Yeah, yeah. Right. Which would probably be my next choice, uh, <laughs> as far as like the the top four classics, uh, favorites of mine. Right. White uh, Christmas. I like that one. That's a good one. Hmm. Yeah. Um, familiar with that. A little less known, well known, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Bing Crosby. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, some classic tunes from that. But it tells the, it, it's, it's a cast of five, originally it was a cast of five actors, so we've added a sixth, and it, uh, each of the actors play actors. Like oh, I so play a, an actor, so it's a film about actors. Well, it's in a, a way, it's a a play. T the story is told by actors who are on stage doing it. So it's a play within a play. Uh, my okay. character's name is Cody, which we all named our characters. Um, the play was originally 
We got the play originally from a website uh, for a church that we were attending at the time. This was like, I don't know, like maybe seven years ago or so. Um, I think it was 2011, the first time we did it. Mm -hmm. We found the play online and um, we just started working on it and adapted it a little bit each time. We've done it three three different times. This will be the fourth time that we've done it. Uh, at in different locations, the the play that or the the church that we're doing it at this year is we did it last year at the same church. Okay, cool. Uh, so it's a remount and it's the same cast. Uh, we're adding my wife into the cast as a stagehand, so okay. she comes on stage and helps things out. And it's all it's a lot of physical comedy, <clears throat> so she uh, she lends some of that in her role. Um, and so kind of lost my train, but, um, we've done the play, like I said, we've done it multiple times. Uh, and back to the story that these actors play actors who tell the story of the play and they're, we tell the story of each of those different movies in like, we give them each about, you know, five to 10 minutes and retell the story with these actors on stage who are playing multiple roles. Like I play uh, Bob Cratchit and I play uh, George Bailey and uh, Linus in the Charlie Brown Christmas, among other roles. And uh, the story is told that way. And then in the end, it brings it around to, it ties it into a Christian theme, right. uh, telling the story of, of how how God is the master storyteller of our lives. He's written the screenplay of our lives. Um, and these movies are kind of a way into that. You know. cool. And each yeah. of them in themselves tell their own story about, you know, I mean, we all know the stories, so. So how do you guys, you got, okay, so you got a play within a play, and there's like three <laughs> plays kind of a play within, within It's play. a play within a play about a movie. So, about in three Spanish. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so, and we're flying. So how do you, you said you give about five to ten minutes to each uh, individual story of the three yeah. stories. How do you, how do you de- are you delivering that through monologues, or is that like a specific scene, or? They're scenes, yeah. We just kind of, um, it's, it's, a, it's an abridged version of the story, and each of the characters are talking to each other, um, uh, basically like, they would in the play but it's just a shortened version and we've crafted it in a way that it's uh it's done with minimal props and costumes we've got a trunk in the middle of the stage with props like hats and scarves and canes and whatnot and we just pull what we need to do the character and then throw it and throw it back and um move on that way so it's very Minimal and the state the set is just four acting blocks, just wooden okay. blocks, and um, we use those to stack and and move and uh, create the the whatever space we want. And really, it's just lights up, lights down. There's no really no extreme technical uh, aspects to it, which makes it very mobile. And we've been wanting to like currently we just have one date. It's on December sixteenth at Eastgate. Mm-hmm. It's called Eastgate Creative Christian Fellowship. And that's where we attend and that's where um, 
we created the group with some other people there and um, uh, we were wanting to like we did it last year and it was so well received that we wanted to try to do it at different places so we're in the process right now of trying to secure other venues so if you're looking for a Christmas play <laughs> and you have a church or you have what you know it doesn't even have to be a church it, it could be a theater space whatever it can even be done outside and we we've actually been rehearsing outside that'd be uh, interesting yeah recently just out of necessity because we haven't been able to find rehearsal space yeah. the uh, the church where we did it last year they recently relocated to a new space uh-huh. which is run by other people so we can't we don't have access to it uh, during the week or even on Sunday because it's like it's so the time frame is so minimal that it can be used really it's just Sunday morning anytime they can rent it um, so we've been rehearsing out of our living room and out of our backyard and mm-hmm. um, we've been renting not renting but we've been just using space at uh, local libraries which I didn't even know you could do um, yeah you, yeah you just go to the library they got an empty space and as long as you fill out an application, mm-hmm. just do it. I think it has to be for like nonprofits or like a church event or something like that. Yeah, it depends on the library. I think, there yeah. was one library where uh, we asked if we could do it, and they said no because it was a. Uh, I guess when we applied, we made it clear that it was a play. Uh-huh. So maybe they didn't want the. They don't like that. They don't want the noise. <laughs> I don't know why they had an <laughs> uh, objection to that. Uh, yeah. So maybe we need to be a little bit more cryptic about what we're doing. <laughs> we're just a bunch of guys. We're just, getting, we're, just, you know, we're just getting together talking about Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> and we need your space. Yeah. Well, I'm curious because this is something that I, we talk about sometimes that I always get curious about. Because you said you got the uh, original content from a website. Mm-hmm. So did you have to do any like copyright or anything like that? or? No. It's, uh, I guess they just kind of worked that out. Um, we it was purchased. I guess you purchased the rights or something okay, because yeah. it was really cheap. I mean, it was like thirteen dollars or something like that. And they send you the script digitally, and um, at that point, you can just do it. And we've even changed it. I mean, I don't know if we're supposed to be changing it, but we do. We've added lines and we've added right. characters, and we've um, we've adapted it each time we do it. We just change it a little bit because. It's just fun, you know. We're just trying to make it better. Uh, I mean, it's really well written. It's funny, um, but the way it was written, it was written very bare bones. Like, I guess they were re- writing it. It was written by uh, Carrie Varnell, just to give her credit for it. The original. Um, it was. Uh, I guess it was written so that it could be used on in many different ways. Um, that makes for sense. many different types of casts because you know they're trying to make it marketable I guess mm-hmm. um, but that's been a blessing to us because we could just kind of do whatever you want shape it, it and mold it, it. And, I mean originally the characters weren't even named they were just numbered one through five wow that <laughs> is wow. very open that's yeah, yeah and uh, you know they give a description in the beginning which some of them you know it's gender specific but um, we've changed it uh, at one point we changed the the kind of the main character who's the narrator, um, the master of ceremonies, basically. Uh, we cast that as a woman at one point. Um, just, I guess, just because we thought it would be fun. Um, 
and that was who that was who we <laughs> that was who we had at the time. You know, the, we uh, the the last place we did it before Eastgate was uh, Belmont Church uh, downtown from downtown. Mm-hmm. They um, we were just talking to people. We started attending, and we knew we wanted to do drama there just because we we both love it my wife is an actor too and um uh we started doing skits just you know two and three person skits and then we decided hey it might be fun to do that christmas play again because we loved doing it so much the first time so we pitched it to him and um we just decided to work with the people that we were already working with and and, um just kind of worked out for the cast right um so you mentioned that you'd done it at like three or four different churches over the years. How has that impacted, you know, the play itself? Has that changed anything because of the environment that you're performing in? Have you adjusted it? Say, like, maybe you were at more of a, I don't know, conservative church or so four years ago, and certain jokes wouldn't have went over well, but now maybe you're more, in a more modern church or so, and certain jokes are now a little more accessible. Has that, has that changed it, like, directly that you've noticed in the last four years? I don't, I don't think that it's changed it in the way that, I don't think it's been affected by the type of church. I mean, the, most of them, except for the first one, the first one was a Southern Baptist church, much more conservative. Um, but that didn't affect the way it was, I mean, the way it was written was very clean. You know, there okay. was, there's no... Um, and we haven't had to adjust the content in any way to facil- you know, to accommodate mm-hmm. the location. Um, I guess the main way that it's evolved is just creatively. It's evolved and changed just based on circumstance. Like I said, this last church, we had to cast the, uh, the main role as a female just because, you know, she was the best for the role and right. um, made more sense age-wise and um and we've of course had to, to adjust it for space you know just because of the size of the space changes and yeah. um the location um but really just technical things like that um i don't i don't feel like it's it's had we've had to adjust it in any way um for the type of church all right yeah. cool huh. just throwing it out there yeah um What's it like, is your wife's the director of the play, right? That's the... Yeah, yeah. What's it like working with your wife and having her as a director? Is this something you've done before, or is this a new experience, too? We've done it before, yeah. Um, we we met at a theater in Crossville uh, about seven years ago, or more than that, nine years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to count the dating part of it. Um, and... We were both actors at the time. I was, um, I had done some directing. Uh, she had done none at the time. And um, uh, the first time we did the Christmas play, I directed it, or the Christmas movie. I, yeah, I think I directed Yeah, I did. Um, and then she, I think I directed it the second time, too. And then she directed it. The third time, and now she's stepping back into that role, uh, and it's been really awesome working with cool. her because the reason I brought up that we act together was is that 
I think that that's one of the really special things about our relationship is that we have so many similar uh, passions and yeah. acting is one of them. And uh, I'm fortunate that we get to do this together because, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's when I have the most, I have a lot of fun with her when we do these kind of projects together. And she, uh, and we, we enjoy doing both acting and directing. And, uh, is she pretty lenient with you when she's directing you or does she get pretty? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, she's very lenient. Puts the foot down. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, we, it's symbiotic. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we, uh, we work together really well. We talk about the play outside of rehearsal. So we're, we're pretty much on the same page uh, okay. when we get there. I, I, I actually have to kind of pull myself back sometimes because uh, I just get really excited about um, working on it and making things funny and making things work. And so I have to push, pull myself back from stepping in sometimes and and trying to take over because uh, I just enjoy it so much and um, yeah, we have all to sometimes that. step back and just let her do it and you know trust yeah. that <laughs> she you know she knows what she's doing so uh, and I trust her so um, I just have to give that over to her but we're kind of I mean technically she's the director we kind of co-direct uh, just because we've been you know I've directed at one point and she's directing now and and we adapted it together so we know it inside and out so it's the the roles are kind of melded together yeah yeah i understand it, that it, it are there works. any like parts for kids no it's all adults um i wish there were part for kids i was gonna see if you've ever put your daughters in <laughs> into it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i i don't know how we would uh honestly uh it would be nice they they um, they enjoy watching rehearsal. Cool. Uh, and my 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 daughter, um, we ha like I said, we have to rehearse at our house a lot of times, and uh, they're down for naps for most of it. But uh, as soon as she gets up, she's immediately she grabs her snack and, and uh, <laughs> sits down to watch because she she enjoys it. She's a bit of a ham herself, uh, <laughs> constantly dressing up. She's got a box full of dresses and, and uh, hats and whatnot. She's got her own little, you know, acting trunk that she uses. Uh -huh. uh, mm -hmm. And uh, she's always throwing on a new, she probably wears, you know, five or six different costumes a day. Oh, uh, she goes through them. That's <laughs> exhausting. Uh, she just enjoys dressing up. Uh, I've yeah. met a few kids like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> they like that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, my, my goal with this uh, is, uh, I mean, my dream would be to eventually have a group that just does plays year-round. Like mean, your own that's, Shakespearean. <laughs> that would be cool, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. That's been a goal of mine for a long time. It's just... You wanna, it's just would you want to travel around and do it? Or I would keep be open, it local? Or? I would be open to traveling. Um, I mean, that's a whole new... Um, challenge that's a whole new challenge yeah um and um and quite frankly up to this point it's just been it's just been such not a priority that um it's been hard to i mean it's even been a struggle to get this thing going you know um this is all we do we do this christmas play once a year and 
and um, you know, it's like the best part of my year because I, I get to do what I love, and and I wish I could do it year round. Um, you know, acting was my original goal. I mean, if you take it way back when I was a kid, illustration was my goal. I wanted to be an artist or a cartoonist, uh, and then that that evolved into you know, oh, I want to be a fine artist. Oh, I want to just illustrate books. Um, and then I discovered acting in high school, and that, that that took the front seat for the next, I don't know, 15 years or so, because uh, I, I fell in love with it, and I decided, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is what I want to do. And uh, so I went to college for that, and I got a degree in acting. And, and then I did that professionally for about seven years in Seattle, which is where I went to college, Cornish College of the Arts. And... Uh, uh, that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life, and, and I, graphic design was not even part of the equation. Mm-hmm. It's like my uncle. My uncle did that. He studied acting. Uh, I'm pretty sure he got undergrad and graduate. I get confused on how it works because he has, like, multiple things. But now he's a professor in Texas, huh. and he teaches theater in yeah. Texas. So. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, tried, I, I tried teaching for a little while, but... Just, um, it's something I believe I could do because I've done it, but I just, I, I, <laughs> I just can't commit myself to it. Uh, I, I don't know why. I think it's, I just don't enjoy it as much as actually doing it. So um, I can't bring myself to do that. Um, not because I don't think it's a great thing. I mean, I, I actually um, fantasize about it sometimes. You know, what would I say to my students? If I, <laughs> just people here. Well, um, that's good that, you know, you're not, like, lying to yourself about your yeah. dreams to become a professor. And then <laughs> well, that's yeah, why, I mean, you know. we love NOSI, but that's why I'm not really interested in doing the program here, because I don't want to teach, really. Um, I've talked to them more about that. It's less teaching and more, it's, it's different than that. It's planning lessons and educational things. So if you work for a company and that company has to hire 10 graphic designers and those graphic designers need to produce like, I don't know, let's say lower quality content that you can produce quicker, it mm-hmm. would be educating them on like how to make that system go smoothly through. So if someone wanted to start a podcast like we have, mm-hmm. they would learn the proper work, they would teach the workflows on how to organize it all out and release it week by week. This is for the new, the new program? Master program? The master's here. program, yeah. 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 I've, I talked to him like a couple weeks ago about, about it, we're gonna do like a little video project for it, so. That actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different than I thought. Originally, I thought it was just gonna be like, you could be an instructor or a teacher, but it's called a instructional designer. So it's about more or less educating teachers and planning, it's a little, hmm. a little past that. But it could be all marketing tactics. <laughs> <laughs> Who I don't knows? Know. I, I, we'll see I, when it gets going. I mean, in theory, it sounds great uh, to be able to learn how to, because that's, one thing that you really don't learn a whole lot about in college uh, is how to actually do it once you, you know, once you get out there, how to actually, the bare bones of, um, of putting a business together, you know. Yeah. I mean, we have like small business class where we learn a little bit about that and then of course the, um, uh, the final class, the portfolio class, mm-hmm. which I thought was awesome. Uh, I did too. And then there's a marketing class that I thought yeah. was good. 
Yeah, I thought those were good. There's just so much. Like that's it's it's so much to do. I mean, yeah, they have too much. I mean, you can't. (laughs) They have too much. That's the way I look at it. When in terms of like just a video degree, I mean, I felt like I was always. There's so much in video and film to learn and develop constantly, and it's like then you got to add a business onto it. Yeah, and it's the exact opposite of what you're doing. Well, I think the biggest part of like doing the video and film stuff like we do is like the post work because that's the one thing the the main thing that just keeps changing like every six yeah. months every it's just, yeah the tech you mean? yeah the yeah. like the editing yeah. and the post and the, and the yeah. trendy effects like that's all mm-hmm. updating and then you got your cameras that are still doing the same thing yeah. and then mm-hmm. yeah it's a magical magical process so i think that's what i learned the most from nosi was like never stop learning don't mm-hmm. don't give up yeah yeah and you know the tech is advancing so quickly that mm-hmm. you have to stick with it otherwise you're just gonna <laughs> yeah you're gonna be stuck in a rut or you got to become the anti-tech yeah guru the anti-tech yeah you could <laughs> yeah per, like a super minimalist approach like say like Lars oh. von Trier like that oh. filmmaker he's less so now but he used to be really into that like they would film in the late 90s his films there was like no tripods no lights like uh-huh. it's a handheld camera right. Minimal editing, um, yeah. the script, like, they would have, like, scenes, but it's all improvised. Yeah. Like, it was just the most bare-bones thing yeah. they could have. No they, set, even. Like, yeah, no uh, set, no music, no lights, yeah. nothing. That's like some serious guerrilla work it there. It is, <laughs> and when you when you watch it, 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 first it's jarring, but once you get into the, you know, if you got a script or an idea of a script in this case... Mm-hmm. That matches the idea of, of mm-hmm. going extremely minimal, making something almost low budget and gritty. Mm-hmm. It works really well for it. it. You know, it's effective, but it's not something that could work for, say, Transformers. Oh, right, well, it's no. not going to be mass market. No, appeal. no way. It's that's no. an art film. Yeah, so it's kind of. It's like what's that movie? The the one. It's like a documentary about the guy who's trying to make the horror film. It's, oh, the American movie? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. From the 90s where they're like in Wisconsin or something. Yeah, it's like <laughs> this guy who lives in like this backwoods kind of town. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're making the horror movie and he's trying to get the guy to like push his head through a door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it's an like, actual documentary? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. called the American movie. It's, it's hilarious. And his movie is called, what? Well, it's Coven, not Coven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coven, okay. <laughs> You should check it out, man. I think you would enjoy it. It's okay. It's, it's pretty. Really, it's really funny too. It's a positive experience. The guys have like mullets the whole time. It's great. Yeah, I love documentaries, especially documentaries about people making things. Yeah. Yeah. Making I, art. I went to see uh, the Studio Fifty Four documentary, which is about the club in New York from mm-hmm. the seventies, the Studio Fifty Four, and it was really interesting. Like I didn't know a lot about that, and it was really really. The way they, I mean, because the place was only open for like two or th- two and a half years, and it was world famous by the time it yeah. closed. See, I want a, I want a good Chuck Close documentary, because when we got to go to New York, we got to see the Metropolitan Art Museum, the Met, you know. Okay. And they, like, I finally got to see a real life Chuck Close painting, uh-huh. and man, it just. Yeah, it's mind boggling. It, it's uh, the amount of time that it must have taken. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen Pollocks before, and those are fun if you like Pollock, a lot of people hate Pollock, uh-huh. you know, because they don't know about the underpainting and what he's doing with it, but it's like, uh-huh. man, to see a Chuck Close up close. Like, <laughs> and they're some, huge. Yeah, they're massive. Yeah. I mean, it's I just, guess they'd have to be with all the detail. 
It's just, it's just, it's wild. Um, so what about your painting or graphic design? How has that influenced your acting or anything? How are those two melded together that you've noticed in your life? Like, what have you learned? Well, I mean, that's, that's a big question, uh, is how, right now, I'm trying to figure out, because I love these things, do, do they have to be separate? I really want to make them one. And I guess the most basic way that they complement each other is just like the necessity of trying to market a uh, a play you you have to mm-hmm. create marketing materials I and mean, yeah. basically do what you would do if you were marketing anything else in the world um, so that has helped uh, you know after learning graphic design that has helped me in um, knowing a little bit more about social media and how to use that as a marketing tool and um, creating graphics for for promotional materials uh, um, but outside of that I know that like very in the very beginning when I was learning to act or when I was learning to be a physical actor uh, I was drawing from experience that I had with act, with drawing understanding the physical form and mm-hmm. how the the body looks on paper when it's dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, the first uh, illustration book I ever that I can remember is a book that my dad bought for me when I was really young. I think I was like ten or something. It was a uh, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way by Stan Lee. Mm. It's a classic. Yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've got that one. You got that one? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, if anybody is learn, wanting to learn how to draw, buy that book, because um, it uh, it went into the details of how do you draw a dynamic form, and it did it in a fun way. Because if you like comics, then of course you're going to want to draw these things. Yeah, the poses and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so that was my first understanding of how to draw the physical form in a way that's dynamic, because you know with foreshadowing and um, and values and um, but mostly, like the, the way that it mostly affects the acting is the the dynamics of the the way the body is positioned. Because when you're acting, if you're if you're doing physical acting where you're trying to create a character that's that's creating um, forms on stage that it communicates what they're feeling or what mm-hmm. they're wanting or um, who they are as a character. I mean, the way you hold your arm. <laughs> Uh, communicates who you are as a person. So, if you understand what you look like from from the audience perspective, um, then you can just you can be more creative and more expressive with the way you use your body. Um, so you can you can create pictures with your body the way you would create pictures on a page. Uh, so I think that that was a big influence. Uh, that understanding how to draw affected uh, performing. Um, That's awesome. And they're both, I mean, all our forms are the same, pretty much, right. in, in terms of Skeleton. how, yeah, like how they work. I mean, you can use uh, a metaphor from each discipline for any other discipline. Uh, and, and, you know, an artists can understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Because they all work together. Um, you know, just 
the way I just described, you know, with um, how the form works for both mediums and how in dance your body is your paint. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. we all know right. that language. So there, you know, there's a way <laughs> that I can pull these things together and, and, and um, make them work together. And I don't know if that's, you know, as simple as, uh, I don't know, like painting on stage or something. I, I don't know if that would be the way to do it. Um, but uh, there, that's what I want to figure out, how, that can, how they can be one. So that I can do them together. I think you have a very interesting approach to it, though. I mean, I thought that was a good answer. Yeah, that was like, cool. Yeah, that was, I mean, you know, in terms of just like, we get a good answer and we shut the podcast down. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're done that, here. I mean, well, like, he, a lot of, I watch a lot of the like, actors on actors on YouTube. So Variety does it. So they'll, like, pair an actor and an act like two people together kind of like this and they'll talk about that mm -hmm. and they talk about that a lot if they're mm -hmm. doing like uh, a movie about a real person like how they get their movements and how they walk like that person or how they talk like that person and, mm -hmm. and um, uh, I always heard Johnny Depp talking once about how every time he gets a role he, he does a series of drawings of the character and that's a lot of times how they um, I think sometimes they, they take the character design in terms of the costume and stuff just from drawings that he's done. Um, yeah, well, I mean, cool. it's, it means an expression, like you said. And it's like some people, I think, you know, naturally are going to, you know, maybe they can't see it on themselves as much if they naturally do that expression. You know, sometimes I'll make a face because I can be somewhat animated mm -hmm. and I'll make a face and not think what it actually looks like and I see it back later and I'm like oh that didn't that didn't come across you know right, <laughs> that was, that was right. supposed to be like sarcastic yeah and it didn't yeah it doesn't come through but if you you know you look at that drawing and you take anatomy classes yeah. for illustration in college and things like that and you literally like you said you learn the expression I mean now you can see it and now you can adapt it yeah. in a different way so I think it I don't know I think it all came together really well yeah yeah and and even uh costume like we're talking about costume, mm. that, that affects uh, me uh, in a huge way in terms of the way I create a character because uh, you put on a certain kind of hat, a certain kind of coat, and you're automatically a certain kind of character. You know, mm -hmm. you just, mm -hmm. right. I guess it's just sense memory. You just know, you've seen that, so you know what it's like. And, um, and so that's a huge part of my process is, is putting together the costume as soon as possible. And often rehearsing in it and um, finding the character that way. I mean, there's so many different ways in, um, but what works for me a lot is the physical stuff, the tangible things. Do you do anything touch. with like your voice when you're acting? Like, I don't know, for this play, for instance, do you change it in any kind of way or? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dialects is another thing mm -hmm. that brings me into a character. You know, once you start talking in, in a certain way, I mean, a lot of what I draw from is just people that I've seen, things that I've observed. You, know, you watch certain movies and you understand, oh, okay, I realize that that character is this kind of archetype or this mm -hmm. kind of stereotype. And you can start with that as kind of like a skeleton for who your character is, and then you just layer in the other stuff, like the given circumstances of the character's background or whatever, his current situation, um, 
that'll inform, but you got to start with something. You know, if you're going to make a sculpture, you have to start with some kind of basic form, and then you just build on that. And I think that's what, um, for me, helps to start with that with this at an archetype. Um, so, like, if I'm going to create a character, like for example, in the Christmas play, I play this. And I basically made up the character. Uh, we just decided, for some reason, that he was going to be... Oh, no. Excuse me. The The script indicated that he was a guy who was into all things awesome or something like that. And he's basically... Like, he's basically <laughs> yeah, all things awesome. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm into that, too. Uh, That's broad, yeah. Uh, but uh, they... <laughs> He was, they described him as basically a dude. And I think we all understand who a dude is. He, uh, he goes out with his best backwards cap. Um, like a yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, we all have our own idea of what a dude is. But to me, it was like the, the surfer dude. Yeah. And so yeah. that was what I immediately went to. So uh, I just picked a surfer dude from a movie that I... I, I don't even know if he surfs, but uh, my inspiration was... Um, uh, from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Keanu Reeves' character. Yeah, yeah. Dude. You know, that was immediately, when I, as soon as I start talking like him, I immediately, it affects my physicality, and um, it just per- puts me in a certain space. So, yeah, I didn't answer your question. Voice and um, dialect and the way you speak immediately influences your, your character. Um, and sometimes those things can come from, I mean, different actors work different ways. Like for me, starting with something physical works the best. It informs the internal, but some people start internally. And they work they it, have yeah. to go, they just like completely neutral and just in their mind, they go back to something. They craft something um, from an intellectual perspective uh, and that informs the emotions and that informs their physicality. But I think both are completely valid yeah and it's all wild like that's, yeah. that's acting is so fascinating to me i think it's, yeah, it's, it's one of the weirdest it's uh, it's arts. really interesting to me to watch like um behind the scenes stuff of people like um christian bale or like joaquin phoenix because they yeah. just stay in it until it's done I'm yeah like, that's yeah. crazy and that's um <laughs> i don't know if i could do it that's admirable um but i don't even know that it's necessary i mean, I mean some of them are it depends some people uh, that's the way they have to do it and other people they don't have to um i think but, my favorite actors all do a form of method acting but the the important thing uh-huh. about their method acting is when the camera's off typically they still turn it off you know uh-huh. like they, they'll they'll do experiments as like daniel day lewis will go out and spend a few months like barefoot with no clothes on in the wilderness to learn how to play a role but when he's on set He's in that character, and then when the camera turns off, you know, he, he steps back and takes criticism. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people get... Not like Jim Carrey and... Right. <laughs> was it a walk in the moon? Yeah. Uh, and Man on the Moon? Man, Man on, on the, the moon. moon. Yeah, and he's received a lot of criticism. <laughs> um, or like, or um, what's Babyface? Um, Jared Leto in, uh, oh, in mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. Like, everyone hated working with him, and right. it, it didn't inform his performance anymore. Um, to harass his his cast and crew like the way he did for that movie. I haven't heard that. Yeah, you should check it out. He was it's a debatable. Dude. I mean, I don't know. Maybe for him it worked, but for everyone else around him, uh, it didn't work for the movie. Maybe it didn't work so well. <laughs> I mean, we don't know why that movie wasn't what it could have been. Um, 
It's probably a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. He was one part of it. <laughs> well, that documentary on Netflix about that movie, Jim and Andy, is, I love that. So good. Is that oh, the one? Yeah. yeah. It's the That's one where he talks, like, he it, they go back and forth between, he's talking about that movie, like, when he was doing it. Okay, yeah. Oh, and yeah. it shows footage of him yeah. when he was in character yep. the whole time, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was fun. That was fun watching yeah. that, uh, seeing what he was like behind the scenes it was um, stressful i've seen a few like video essay critiques of it um uh, specifically of his method and they're not fans of it hmm. which it which i don't know i thought it was cool when i saw jim and andy and i remember just because it said you know contractually obligated interview <laughs> with tony clifton mm -hmm. but um yeah there's there's a lot of criticism around it i'm not going to go into it but. yeah i mean we could have a whole discussion about that because I, yeah. i'm actually pretty fascinated by what he was doing with that i think he was doing a very similar thing that Andy Kaufman was doing, that, which yeah. was like, it was kind of like performance art. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of going beyond the, the art form of the film and the art form of acting and sort of making a comment with it. I don't know what the comment is, but, but it was, you know, it was going outside of the, the creative work and it was, and it was going into life. He was, it was mm -hmm. crossing that, that boundary yeah. between life and art. And, um, you know, I don't know what the end game is with that, but um, that's why it was fascinating to me because I, it was crossing over into performance art, uh, which has always baffled me. <laughs> performance art? Performance art, yeah. Um, Some of it's cool. There's a French guy that very... paints himself. Uh -huh. Have you seen that guy? No. Oh, he's, he's, he's French. And he does these uh, sort of like one shots, I guess is what you would call them. I don't know. And he sets a camera up on a tripod in front of him and then uh, starts slathering plaster on his face. He starts yeah. pulling it out. It gets, it gets really grotesque. Um, and then he starts just throwing paint on him and pulling the paint off. And then just, mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to watch, but it's so so fascinating because it's one shot there's no editing there's not really any music you can't look away you're just like what is this person doing mm -hmm. what what are we saying right now but it's 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 so interesting yeah yeah it's it's pretty brave i mean i yeah. i don't know if i could do i definitely could not do what a lot of performance artists do because uh, i don't know it gets into it gets, gets dark. In, it gets pretty dark, yeah. It gets into um, ethical questions, and, and uh, that's a big can of worms. Um, yeah. But because it, if that's your cup of tea, then more power the, to you. Did you saw the, you went to see the chaos exhibit, didn't you, at the Frist? Did mm -hmm. you see that? Yeah. Yeah, so there was one part of that where the, he had two of the people in the costumes, and they were doing, like, I guess performance art, like uh, movements. It was like a video, and uh, but they look like those paint splotches, you know, you get from a therapist. Mm -hmm. And they were moving around in the costumes. Oh, a Rorschach test. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. Like I thought that was a really cool piece that that, that was in the exhibit because they were in the moving around. And you couldn't really see them. The only part you could see of the people were their feet occasionally. See, I didn't see that at all. Or um, maybe I did, and I just didn't look at it. It was really interesting. Huh. That was a good exhibit, though. Yeah. I just remember when we were in New York, and we would get on the subway and stuff, and you would have a homeless person come in and announce, hey, I'm homeless. I have terminal cancer. Would you like to invest in me? Wow. And then a choir started singing behind her. Mm. And they were walking through the subway, 
trying to get investments. Hmm. And I just remember, like, when this is happening, I'm just like, is this, you know, I guess in part of my brain, I wondered if it was performance art, but right. at the same time, I'm like, well, this is New York. So <laughs> it could be anything. This could be real. It and could like, be a social experiment. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like, what's going on? Do I look at him or do I look away? Am I embarrassed or am I acknowledging mm-hmm. that I'm not donating? Mm-hmm. So there's that, I don't know, there's that dark, dark boundary that it stresses me out, but I enjoy the stress. But at the mm-hmm. same time, as much fun as this has uh, been, we do have to shut it down okay. for time. So um, I'm sure Amanda would like to ask you. A couple yeah. More so this questions. new thing that we're doing is because um, <laughs> um, we're trying to promote like involved <coughs> and like uh, knowledge. So is there any kind of books that you get inspiration from that for life or personal or business or? Mm, well. Um, the book that I mentioned, the uh, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way, uh, that was a huge influence on me. Um, uh, you know, my the books that have influenced me are not uh, very deep. Uh, they're just things that I gravitated toward um, when I was a kid. Uh, w- um, Garfield books uh, was a huge influence uh, for me. <laughs> that's it. That's uh, the answer we wanted. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, I mean, as a kid, that's that's what you like to do. Is I mean, that that introduced me to how to tell a story with with uh, a character. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he just happened to be a really fun character, and so I just started to draw him a lot, and, um, you know, I would copy the, the pictures that I saw in the books, and... Um, and they're funny, <clears throat> and they're funny characters, and they're they're drawn in a fun way. Uh, so you know, I guess that was my in to it. But then it taught me about, um, like, I was just always very uh, grateful about the way that he was careful about how he did the lettering, and and um, uh, so that you know, it was um, it was inspiring in many different ways. Uh, and as far as other books, um, uh, the most recent was uh, graphic in a graphic design from the graphic design perspective is um, this book by a, a designer named Mike Joyce. He uh, it's a book called Swisted. Swiss T E D I believe Swisted. It's one word. I guess he made it up. Um, but it's a book of uh, it's a book of posters that he redesigned their um <clears throat> excuse me their rock rock and punk bands posters from like the 70s and 80s that he redesigned in the uh, Swiss modern style mm-hmm. and that was the first time that I had ever had any exposure to that style I just happened upon it and this was like maybe my second year maybe it might have even been my first year at NOSI and um it introduced me to uh, Swiss design, and uh, so it it inspired me to look into it more, and discovered that uh, that was uh, one of my favorite uh, um, I don't know what you would call it styles, uh, and uh, inspired me to do more stuff like that. Cool. cool. All right. The other thing is that we do is. Um is there any social media do you, do you want to put in for the show or for you? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, you can see my illustration and 
the graphic design work on MissClevettsDesign.com. Link and, down there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and on that site, you can find links to other uh, social media related to Miss Clevis Design um, and how to contact me and whatnot. Uh, and then for, as far as the play goes, uh, Facebook, uh, just search for Eastgate Drama yeah. uh, and the Christmas movie. Uh, it's, I believe, facebook.com forward slash Eastgate Drama. Uh, and uh, there's an Instagram, so at, <clears throat> excuse me, at Eastgate Drama on Instagram. Uh, and if you do a search for Eastgate Drama on YouTube, you can also find uh, videos, uh, trailers, and, and uh, we have a performance, uh, the full performance of last year's production on YouTube as well. That's awesome. And they're all connected, so. Uh, yeah. Cool. Sweet, and they will all be, be in, in the, the, in the below in the comments yeah. or yeah, yeah. Cool. I don't know. There's gonna be a link to the full full previous show. Yeah, everyone can check it out before they show up on December sixteenth at for the new show. Five thirty, seven thirty. It's actually at ten a.m. Ten a.m. It's being okay. done during the Service. morning um, church okay, service. Okay, gotcha. So it'll, they'll do like some singing and then <clears throat> and then uh, the play is being shown basically in this in the spot where the sermon would be um, so that's 10 a.m at uh <clears throat> well the the address is on the facebook page but it's uh, nelson andrews uh, center and the the church is eastgate creative christian fellowship and that's december 16th cool cool word all right and you can find us everywhere at the A to Z Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. She, she's gotten so quick about that in the, in like all the 20 places. weeks we've been doing this. Yeah. All the places. That's, she's learning instructional All the design. places. Doesn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> but as always, all the links are going to be down there in that massive, massive description that we always have. And uh, yeah, this will be up today, Friday. And then we'll have the video episode up. Sunday. Two days from now. Mm-hmm. And we may have a bonus episode this week. Oh, we're going to have a bonus episode. I already posted about the bonus episode. You already posted about the bonus <laughs> episode? <laughs> She's on top of it. Cool. <laughs> Sweet. Well, we'll see you guys all tomorrow. Next, to, next time. Woo. See you. Thanks. <laughs>